0: all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part, they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. What's up, all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between? You have come to a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that dives into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. I am your co-host, Mark Kamaya. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, two things. How are you feeling? Did you beat the virus? And also... Is it as hot in the great white north as it is in the American south? Because I'm going to go ahead and say, no, it's not. There's no way. I tell you what, it is pretty hot. It's uh, 31 degrees Celsius uh, where I am right
1: now. Uh, I don't know what that equates to in Fahrenheit. I I imagine it's uh, It's hot. It's It's hot. hot. Yeah, it is hot. hot. (laughs) (laughs) And I am feeling better. Thank you very much, Mark. And thank you to all the people who reached out on Twitter and uh, wished me well in my uh, battle uh, with the Rona. Uh, It was kicking my ass last weekend pretty hard, but uh, I'm on the mend. Still pretty tired, but uh, ready to get my rock on here with with, with some good buddies. Listen to some Van Halen.
2: There's nothing more uh, satisfying. Uh, The medicine goes down good when you've got a healthy dose of vitamin VH. So here's to uh, bringing you to a speedy recovery with some good old rock and roll. But you guys, I don't know if you heard it there just a second ago but we are not alone we have another guest a very very special guest with us today uh from maiden a to z the iron maiden show here on the deep dive podcasting network one of our uh, uh you know brother sister channels however you want to describe it but also from the new megadeth show uh so far so good so pod i hope i got that order right please correct me no. if i did not Same as eric. <laughs> oh boy see i see i had eric from out of nowhere eric eric and my eric and my it's a. Anyway, but to correct me and to promote the shows and be our special guest, please welcome Jonathan. How are you doing, man?
4: Yeah, nice to be here. Uh, first of all, you know, doing pretty good. It's hot here, too. It's not 31. It's slightly below that. But, uh, you know, I'm in the, I guess, less uh, great of an area, uh, white north or something. You know, and <laughs> I'm coming in from Stockholm now. And on a oh, Saturday man. night, you know, it's, it's nice for Van Halen. I'm thinking about that clip. There's a clip with... Uh, um, Diamond Dave when he's, he's sort of freebasing some kind of uh, spoken word rap it's Saturday night I don't know. That, you know obviously I can't do it but uh, <laughs> it's the right time it's the right time to be on this podcast I would say so doing well
2: absolutely it is yes. yeah of, of course make, the Megadeth make it it. podcast is
4: called so far so pod so what which is ah, easy, it's so easy post. only if you're familiar with the album so far so <laughs> good so what then it's kind of you know but it's, it's also the only Megadeth podcast out there. And I put Megadeth podcast in the title. Uh, you know, I kind of copped out on that one uh, so that, pe- you know, random searchers can actually so find it. So people
2: can actually find it and like, actually know what they want. That's, that's very, very yeah. brilliant. We probably should have thought about that, but hey, you know, what What are you going to do? Um, cool admittedly, name, yes, it is. It's, actually, it's a very, very cool name. Admittedly, my, uh, my knowledge on Megadeth As one of the uh, big four, thrash is limited at best. Sorry, Dave. No disrespect, but uh, we're happy to have you. Happy to uh, uh, have a Megadeth podcast amongst uh, our ranks. That's awesome. But as a massive Iron Maiden fan, I must say it's very, very cool to get a Maiden A to Z podcaster on the show. So again, thank you for being here.
4: Yeah, thank you guys. And of course, that's the main pod because me and Greg are sort of busy. We're doing the. Megadeth show as a monthly magazine type thing you know a monthly fan scene it's not weekly or anything like that so oh, uh, I, guess, right. uh, I guess first and foremost I represent uh, the main pod then you know yes there in as you ma- go coming in as a maiden fan here I didn't find Van Halen through Megadeth anyway but I, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> David Lane is a fan I'm sure he must be
2: hey you never know maybe some of these guys are uh, uh very steeped into all kinds of podcasts so y- you never know who might grace our airwaves gary Sharon might even listen to our show just so he can uh, uh take notes on how many times we talk about how bad van halen 3 is and he's just he's just revving up uh, all the insults to come back at us uh, at some point but hey gary if you are listening and you want to be on the show we will happily have you Uh, But we're not talking about Van Halen 3, hopefully. We're talking about something else entirely. But speaking of talking about Van Halen, before we get into the show, Corey, I believe today is a significant day, the day that we are recording this podcast. Uh, Please tell the listeners what is significant about this particular day.
1: Well, if there was ever a day where we were going to rig the wheel, it would have been this day because today uh, is the 31st anniversary uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge which is an album both mark and i uh really enjoy this is also our 31st episode so the stars are kind of aligning we're recording show 31 on the 31st anniversary of for unlawful here's where we should get like a right now or a runaround or a pound kick that would be just fucking oh, amazing but please uh, i, well, let's I see if,
4: if the th- wheel if the wheel give it you know then everything is definitely in line
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, we're I guess gonna spin to the wheel. You know,
4: I agree yeah. to that anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we are spinning the wheel. It's gonna be uh, by the boards. But if we were rigging the wheel, I'd be picking something from uh, from for unlawful for sure.
2: Absolutely. Gotta have one from the fuck album. So, you know, I, I so I not I won't even bother asking uh uh you, Corey, or myself like what we want to manifest because we've just laid it out there. Give us a for unlawful tune. We need it. But uh I'll go ahead and ask right here at the top, uh, before we go to actually no, before I do that, before I do that, um there is some other Van Halen news going on. Uh Corey, would you please uh grace our listeners with uh some of that?
1: Absolutely, we'll get to the poll results on uh, last week in just a minute. But um, uh, Sammy uh, and the, Sammy and the Circle have started their their summer tour with Michael Anthony uh, just this past week. Uh, they're doing eight Van Halen songs a- as part of their regular set. Uh, so if you uh, you know, God bless Sammy uh, Hagar and Michael Anthony for uh, continuing to fly the Van Halen flag, doing eight tracks on there. But a good friend of ours, Mark uh, Kelsey, who's been on the show. Uh, somehow yeah. ended up uh, backstage working with michael anthony's bass tech and if you follow her on twitter she's got some great pictures of mike anthony's uh, bass rig she got some pics and uh, even some shots of sammy backstage i guess he came backstage and danced with her a little bit too so um they did the cabo wabo she said yes we got to get kelsey back on the show to hear all about that how did she get uh you know working with uh, michael anthony's bass tech and the tremendous time she had with sammy in the circle but their tour has started um, if you're in the continental United States, I would recommend, uh, traveling to go check them out. Mark, I think they're coming to Houston. I'm not sure how close that is to you, but, uh, you might have an opportunity in September to maybe check them out.
2: I can tell you straight up because, uh, my lady Christy and myself took a trip to Houston, uh, this past year to see a band play. Uh, that is uh, a roughly a uh, 10 plus hour car trip. That's nothing. Um, it's, uh, well, it, it wasn't nothing, but it was, uh, the show was worth it. Let me tell you that it was, it was worth the trip. Uh, we got to see a friend of the show and a guest on the show, Jeff Saunders. So that was nice. That was nice to uh, actually get to hang with him and, uh, see the band, the midnight play, but, uh, it's a trek to be sure it is a trek. However, I'd be willing to make that journey for, uh, Sammy and the circle, of course. And, uh, I, would find a way i don't know if i have the same uh, charm and charisma as, as our friend kelsey but i try to find a way to get to the boys so that i could let them know hey not for nothing but uh i co-host a van halen podcast and i think you guys would really be into it especially michael like i just want to i just want to high five michael and be like we love you dude you keep doing what you do yeah it's but, great yeah and
1: michael knows about the show because he recorded that little bit uh for the beginning of that's show,
2: true he know he knows so now i get to ask him so michael did you ever uh did you ever check out the show did you what do you think he said he <laughs> put was him to.
1: right there on the spot yeah he promised he was going to so try and make that happen in september mark uh and, and by all means everybody should head to the van Halen news desk uh, there's some great live clips of uh Sammy in the circle this past weekend uh, mike absolutely killing unchained uh from mansfield yes. that that's on there and another clip of him uh, killing Ain't Talking About Love. So uh, God bless you, Mike Anthony, Sammy Hagar. They're, they're flying the Van Halen flag. Uh, they're doing uh, eight tracks out of 16 or Van Halen on the Sammy in the Circle Tour. So that's fantastic. Uh, but Mark, before we spin the wheel tonight, uh, should we go through uh, the Twitter poll from last week?
2: We should. Let's, uh, let's have a, a listen to what the people are saying about the poll. What All right. the last, poll results? Last I have week. a
4: question also for you guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted to ask. Uh, because this is like this is a thing that's a divide between Europeans and Ameri- uh, North Americans that oh. how long is a long car trip we talked about 10 hours there <laughs> that's definitely very long for most Europeans i mean sweden is kind of spacious you know it's kind of big but i would say anything above 2 hours we consider a long car trip what about really? you guys it must be more right
1: in canada well, it's much more canada is is massive if you're going 6 to 8 hours it, it's a long car ride i know for traveling for work is usually three hours for me at uh, a certain town. So uh, that, yeah, that that's nothing for us here. But yeah, any, anything over five, six, I think
2: is getting pretty long.
1: I, I would say
4: for I, work, Stockholm, puts puts a line on an hour, you know, an hour maximum. Okay.
2: Oh, God. I, I used to have like almost hour-long commutes to work and that felt like a nightmare so just the the shorter the commute to work the better but i'll tell you uh i used to make frequent trips from my home state to another state that was uh four hours maximum and i got so used to that that a car trip three to four hours that's nothing to me it's totally fine so i don't consider that a long trip 10 hours is is long it's it's a long time especially when uh, there's a point in the united states when you just reach just a long patch of nothing. of nothing just nothing just 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 this empty fields and plains and if you're going out west you're going to run into the desert and then you really want to talk about a lot of nothing where your existential crisis comes in full force that's that's when it happens so it makes, um it makes me think the of the Af- song
4: going out west uh, tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's about, oh, taking, Tom. he's taking speed and he's driving out West to be himself and the name his son Rex or something like that, I think, or Hannibal.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that, that's not a fun trip unless you were just so it, some people really love. This being in the desert, the sights of the desert. I, you know, I put sights in quotation because there's not a lot to be seen except vast nothingness. I know our good buddy Jeff, uh aforementioned Jeff Saunders, uh took a trip out west and uh, a pilgrimage, if you will. So I'm sure he experienced a lot of the sightseeing of nothingness. Um, but hats off to you, Jeff. Uh, we love you, buddy. But yeah, so 10 hours, 10 hours plus, even eight hours is a stretch for me. So I, uh, unless you just really enjoy car trips, I don't recommend just take a plane unless the plane tickets are vastly expensive, which these days they are. And we don't have a fun, uh, you know, railway system like uh you know the better countries too that's all i'll say that uh we really should invest so it, it but that you didn't come here for a travel talk you came here for van oh. halen talks so cory yeah. please let's hear some of those uh those uh poll results
1: all right well last week we did drop dead legs off of 1984 and i'm happy to report that it's 94.4 percent what dreams are made of uh, damn right five, it is yeah only 5.6 percent this dream is over uh, again, a lot of people can't believe that's not 100% out of 72 votes, uh, but it's I pretty agree. darn close. Uh, let, let's go, get through some tweets real quick. Our good buddies at the Deep Purple Podcast said, uh, Mark, the Bats analysis of the guitar solo was spot on. So there you go, Mark. You got, yeah. you, got you got an ally there. Uh, we got a new listener, Gregory Muse, who said, great show, guys. Found you a few months ago and finally caught up with all of the episodes. Keep up the great work. Oh, and to be clear, I'm a Dave guy, 100%. So there you go. Uh, somebody well, who thank besides. You. A little closer to me than maybe uh, to what Mark likes. Uh, Rihanna at Ray 38 says, great song. Thank you very much for chiming in, Rihanna. Uh, Van Halen dad actually said that uh, this song is kind of like the, uh, the swing version of Back in Black. Uh, for, <laughs> which, which, what, what, which, once you hear that, you can't unhear it, right? Yeah, it is kind of a swing version of Back in Black. That was pretty what good. What a comparison.
2: statement. Yeah, it, it really oh. is. Now that I think about it, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's what we all
4: needed, right? You already have Back in Black. You that's might great. want a, you know, a swing version to go with it.
1: Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. yeah uh, Charles Johnson says such a great dumb fun song. Betty Boop and Butts all hail <laughs> time and Dave, yes, some of his best lyrics are in that song. Uh, Bruin's fan seventy one says have not listened yet, however, what the fuck with the non one hundred percenters there you go. yeah, how do you how do you vote down drop dead legs? I, I have no idea. Uh, Tom, friend of the show Arm Brewster, who uh, I want to give a special shout out tonight. Uh, he just lost his uncles. So we just want to say Tom, we're thinking about you and uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully your uncle is uh, going to bless our wheel here today. We're going to get something really cool for you. Um, Much love to you, Tom. Absolutely. He says, nice nice to see the vote totals rising. And oh, uh, contraire, Mark, when it comes to Eddie, I want all the notes, just not in the order of the first <laughs> half of the From Afar solo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, as I said, it's not a bad thing to get all the notes. It's just uh, sometimes it's just it feels a little inflated. It's it's fine. It's Okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, Our friend Jonathan Todd says, love this song, uh, but one of the few times I don't think the solo suits the song. That riff, though. So again, there's someone who agrees with you, Mark, uh, on the Mm -hmm. solo for Drop Dead Legs. And Gene Hickey says, fan-fucking-tastic song. Next time the Sam Dave lyricist lyricist discussion comes up, I see Throw My Rope, loop de loop
2: Nice White Teeth, Betty Boop being referenced for sure. You are absolutely right. (laughs) You're right. It's stuck in our brains, and I will be referring back to it anytime Corey insists that Diamond Dave's lyrics are always just spot on all the time. Like, oh, I, I my just, dude. You know, they're <laughs> Betty cast. Boop, loop to loop.
1: <laughs> Throw my rope, come on. Throw oh my, my rope. That's gold, I Jerry. Just told a, I told a friend the other day,
4: you know, for a perfect 10 album, not every song has to be perfect 10, you know. It's still <laughs> a perfect 10 album. In fact, if every song is a perfect 10, it might be a worse album. You know, You might need one of those, you know. The salty bit, or you know, the the, the weird little bit, to to get the nice whole. I think, uh, you know, overall, great lyrics. That's
2: right. I, I you know what I I appreciate and agree with that sentiment and that perspective. So so thank you for that. Yes, that's well, that's a good uh, outlook to have. I dare say that's optimistic, and uh, we need more optimism here
4: yeah yeah I'm, I'm a cynical guy but born optimist for some reason don't know why but the combination yeah that's that's kind of you're wild. trying you're you're, yeah, you're doing, the yeah. you yeah, exactly,
2: doing the best you know, can we're all doing the best we can and with the hand appreciate. you've been
4: dealt the hand you've been yeah. dealt that's right i also maybe i should mention like why i'm here on this podcast except for being uh like a network body of yours sure uh, please Dan don't Halen, right uh, i mean, i guess you know i should defend myself in front of all the the people that actually know a lot about this band and soon I'm going to be digging into a song I probably never heard before and have opinions, so, uh, you know, want to strengthen them mm-hmm. a little bit, I guess. Uh, Van are good company been, here. They've been around for a long time for me. Uh, he, I played air guitar, too, in Talking About Love with my cousin on uh, like Canoe Paddles. Oh, mm-hmm. was yeah, six, yeah. Six, seven. So that song was always there. Uh, also, I got a great reminder of that in a South Park episode where the three big religions come together under a new sign, which is the VH sign. So they come together (laughs) under Uh, Van Halen, you know, uh, Islam. Good reference. Christianity and Judaism join up under that song too. So, uh, But but I've I've been sleeping on the band for the longest time. Uh, But last year, there was like a chain of events, which all pointed towards Van Halen. Uh, My drummer started playing in a band, and he played a lot of Van Halen in a cover band played a lot of Van Halen covers and he got mad about, uh, not mad as in angry, but you know, he, he was crazy about uh, uh, Unchained, of course. So he mm-hmm. asked me to, you know, he said, I'm a guitarist as well, I play in a few bands and I work with sound as well. So I'm in the rocks in, in Stockholm a lot. And uh, he told me to, you know, teach yourself Unchained, at least the riff, you know, so we can jam it. Mm-hmm. And that was my entry way. become like a proper fan of this band and then uh, i met greg greg totally adores this band of course and i started listening to pot of thunder chris from that show has been on your show and on made an adc as well and um you know all those things came in line and also another guitarist friend of mine who i got to know through the podcast uh a massive van halen guy and he's on a like high level of playing too he's he's a touring hard rock guitarist so there were, you know, there were so many people that I could trust that pointed me yeah. towards Van Halen, and in particular Fair Warning, which is pretty much the only album I'm, I'm versed in, you know, mm-hmm. and love that record to bits. Mm-hmm. But um, I, told, I told Chris this uh, when he guested us that as I got older, when I discover a new band, if I love an album, I'm not instantly, you know, grabbing the rest of the, the discography as I did when I was a teenager, like at mm-hmm. uh, 12, 13, I was only buying Iron Maiden Metallica. And so on. So I've been stuck on Fair Warning. Uh, at first, I asked you guys, yeah, "Can we do a track of that?" But then there was this wheel, <laughs> and I figured it's actually more fun. To be honest, it's more fun uh, to, you know, uh,
2: come and, in. Uh, and wanatan you you can confirm you're seeing it right in front of you that the wheel is in fact real. Some people still don't believe us. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering.
4: I thought it was as fake as the Bozo Pewter. To be honest.
3: <laughs> <There we go.
2: laughs> nope it's there it's 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 real we've we've primed it uh i am so glad we got a couple of those practice spins out of the way you guys don't want to know what it landed on uh when those practice spins so let's just hope the wheel is merciful but uh that's awesome man i i, I love that uh, uh this is where your journey has taken you through the uh not just van halen but just the like rock music of a past generation man um yeah, yeah. and if i sh- and if i can yeah, and i understand what you mean about uh, not instantly going towards other albums because one album in particular from a band impacted you so much it's like i don't want to leave it it's like it's almost like this is home. I, I don't want to leave home. This is it's home. Late. This is Main Street. Change. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely Love that. done. Love that song. Love that. But, yeah, uh, but that if song. I may, I, I would highly recommend at the very least Van Halen's one and two as a back-to-back. Because yeah, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, it's one giant album. Um, I listened to but, two
4: the, the last summer because I knew Greg then. And he, that's his summer man. album. Uh, mm-hmm. Always two. And he, he told me, go for it in July when it's the hottest you should go for Van Halen too, and you know, then you can leave Fair Warning on the shelf for a month and, and hit that one. But of course, I've heard it. I've listened to 1984 a fair bit too. So I mean, there you but go. I just like compared to what I know about bands like Maiden or Sabbath, I know nothing about this band.
1: <laughs> you know, it fair. For you now, so yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm learning a
4: little bit listening through your show as well. So uh, you know, and also I'm I'm pretty much like all covering nerd in in hard rock anyway. You know, so mm-hmm. of course Van Halen. And- you know, I have to feel
2: fill myself in on that. Well, you're doing exactly kind of what we set out to do uh, when starting this show. We, we just uh, were a couple of fans that love Van Halen. It's like, let's start a podcast and talk about it. Maybe if we reach an audience, we can uh, show our love to other people who may not be as familiar with this band before and may perhaps our show can help them uh, explore the the catalog and i'm happy to say we've we've done it we've we've heard for some from some people excuse me uh and they have they've reiterated that sentiment and now we have you here as our guest reiterating as well so that's awesome we're doing our job but i want to make it very clear you guys We're not experts. We're not musical historians. So before you attack us in the emails and Twitter (laughs) telling us over and over and over again that we're blowing steam out of our asses, that's fine. But it's our steam and it's our asses. And And we're just we're just humble fans (laughs) talking about a band that we like. Sometimes the songs are great, sometimes not so much, but. I think, I think with this overwhelming, uh, positive energy, uh, uh, you are, you are bringing forth some optimism my way and I'm feeling it. So I think, I think the wheel is going to be good to us. It's a, it's an anniversary day, in fact. Uh, but before we spin it, one last thing, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Corey and I have already stated what we want because of the significant day, but is there a particular track that you will want to manifest, you want the wheel to bring forth so that you can talk about? It. Is it a song from Fair Warning, or would you like to hear uh, something from For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge since it's an anniversary? What do you think?
4: Off the top of the dome, top Jimmy. Don't know why, but that's, about, that's what I want. All but, right. You know, All right. I'm, here, I'm here to get something that I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen you know, because, you know, just looking at it statistically, it's an overwhelming chance that's the case. But if it's well, anything I know, Top Jimmy would fun. I like that song. It's a great song.
2: That would be fun. And as the band once said, everybody wants some. And I want some too. Corey, I want you to do me a favor and spin that wheel for us. Yes, sir. Let's give it a few shuffles here. And take
1: it away, Sammy. Here we go. Oh, is it going to be a part of song? It is! It In is! One. Oh! In and Out from Four Unlawful. Stars aligned. That is amazing. On the 31st anniversary of Four Unlawful and our 31st show, and we spun In and Out
2: from Four Unlawful. Not the song from the album that I was really, really hoping for. However, I'll take it. Uh, John, do you have any? Uh,
1: have you heard uh, Four Unlawful?
4: Don't think so. Sorry, I mean. Uh, those three albums I mentioned are the ones that I, you know, I can actually navigate around. I might have heard it, but it's not registered in my head. So chances are, uh, you know, which was probably going to be the case anyway, that this would be the first time I hear this track. I don't have any memories anyway, pointing otherwise. You know,
1: awesome. Well, it's kind of a down and dirty track. Hopefully, you like this one uh, for unlawful carnal knowledge, uh, named by Sammy hager when he found out that that was. Uh, Uh, an acronym that was used way back in in olden times uh, that that begat the world, the word uh, fuck. Uh, He just wanted to call an album fuck because that sounds cool, right? Uh, It was released June 17th, 1991, recorded at 5150, as uh, most albums were, uh, produced by Andy Johns and Ted Templeman. Of course. Yeah, uh, it's triple platinum. I think pretty close to quadruple platinum here. Uh, Hopefully uh, this episode will help push it over the edge and get it to 4 million copies sold. Uh, there were some big <laughs> titles released off this one. Mark, if you remember Pound
2: Cake, uh, Top of the World, Right Now, Run right Around, we're all pretty big songs. I do. Uh, in my youth, this was, and I'm I'm dating myself a little bit, but this was the album of Van Halen that was very, very prominent uh, in my youth because you know by the time it came out, I was a youngster, and I was finding my way through Van Halen. Now, of course, the radio, back when we were listening to FM radio, before it was whatever it is now, Uh, the radio would play classic Van Halen songs all the time. So it wasn't that I was ignorant to the catalog of Van Halen at the time, but for unlawful was the album that was out. That was the album that was sort of uh, the Van Halen sort of soundtrack to my youth at that point with songs like pound Cave, with songs like right now, a top of the world that, I mean, that was just, those were my jams. So I have, both a nostalgic love for the the album and then i have just just an appreciation just for what it is and what it where it is where it lies within van halen's discography so i'm and i and i do know this song as well in and out uh it's not my favorite from the album but i i enjoy it so this is i'm really excited to hear this
4: cool this is 1991 right yes sir yep yeah, I'll, I might have some questions for you guys about that later, but I guess you know we're dying to get into the song first. I guess. <laughs> yes,
2: ninety-one. The uh, year before I graduated oh, high school.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> That's yeah, how old. I'm really I am.
2: dating myself now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All school. right, here we go. Here's a little in and out from 1991's "For Unlawful Cardinal Knowledge."
4: liking it so far this sounds cool um you know instantly getting into the guitar nerdy bit of it and i haven't heard eddie play like this before it reminds me a little bit of early dave murray actually you know fittingly enough from uh from maiden which is a much less technical approach but very singing you know mm-hmm. and th- those bands are like almost like a vocal melody right from the top oh really, yeah very engaging and I like the airiness of the of the drum beat too. There's a lot of space in the drums, mm-hmm. so we're off to a good start.
2: Oh, I had a Yeah, this is a. The of this song, yeah, yeah. I I was just gonna say, like what a what a way to kick this song off, man. It just it just yeah. starts off as just as a banger, right? Right. You're like I howling wind, go, you know.
3: <laughs>
2: it does, <laughs> and I just I, I love me a good guitar howl. You know, the dive bombs and the guitar howls, I love them. Me too. Right. And the
1: production on this album, I, I I think really stands out for me. I love how this album sounds, and you mentioned the kind of the, the space and the drums there. You really get that separation kind of from everything. It sounds very big. Uh, I really thought Ted Templeman Andy Johns killed it on the production mm-hmm. of this album. And after O U Eight One Two, a lot more synths on that album. This one is really kind of a return to rock and a return to guitars, and you get a lot of fucking killer guitars right at the beginning of this track.
3: Yeah, I yep.
4: produced myself, so I'm familiar with Ted Templeman, and I'm I think I'm. I, sh- I should be sure about this. This was his return, and he hadn't been in the band or working with the band since the Roth era uh, 1984
1: like yep. Yep. yeah
4: yeah, right. yeah. yeah no, because that, that's you know something I, I do a little bit by trade, so always when I listen to songs, production comes to mind and you hear the 90s sound in the drums here, but in a good way yeah. the kind of you know the beefiness of it is a little bit it's more dry if you go back to you know early '80s or seventies, and this is a little bit more saturated but with that space in the actual beat you know the way he plays it works works a charm
2: perhaps that's why uh they got ted to come back as a way of uh returning back to the sort of the the uh, classic rock sort of sound that van halen uh not to say they didn't have it beforehand without ted but it's like uh it's like we need your touch for this one because we're uh we're trying to go Trying something new, but we're, we're going back to uh, a familiar form. That's just my guess. But again, I'm no historian, so I don't know for sure. I did
4: study music history. So if you want to give someone shit, you can give it to me if I get something wrong.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> mean, That's we, court, we you know, had I Eric mean. Sinich from, from the Van Halen News Desk on the show. So it's like, if you're going to throw any shade at us about that, talk to him. He's the historian, yeah, the yeah, literal
4: yeah, Van Halen historian. I if you get shit wrong, you know, just, uh, just call me out. All
0: right, let's keep going. They will.
1: sammy's killing it mark like uh, vocally I, I i can see it getting right like he's top of his game like on this album 1991 sammy was sounding fucking amazing and, and lyrically i kind of like where he was going because uh, i'm 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 in debt i'm always broke i take a, a tank of gas cost you know 500 dollars where i live now so <laughs> kind of a mm-hmm. timely track for same the yeah same here uh,
2: yeah oh yeah yeah he's he's making a statement both lyrically and vocally just i mean <laughs> it's like in case you forgot i'm sammy hagar here you go Hiller verse uh i am familiar with montrose so i am familiar with sammy
4: but not in van halen not really i haven't listened to that mm-hmm. a lot and i'm surprised on how right it sounds you know it doesn't sound Ex- out of place whatsoever
2: exactly, completely <laughs> exactly. <right. laughs> you know? that not to say that uh the the roth era of van halen sounds wrong please do not No, no i mean right in, in,
4: like sounding like that is right you know?
2: yes yes exactly but i mean that's kind of my whole point with with Everyone knows at this point that I'm more pro Sammy than I am pro Rob, just in the vocal department, just as singers. And I completely agree with that sentiment. It just sounds right with Sammy at the helm. I mean, part
4: of my epiphany last year or two years back on, on this band Van Halen was uh, realizing that uh, Diamond Dave was a genius all along. And he just had us fooled with all that gigolo stuff that he was saying. You know? That's right.
1: And I stand by that.
4: <laughs> I stand by that. I think, I think he's, he knows what's going on in our room. He's got social awareness on a superhuman level, I think. 100%.
1: 100%. It's a yeah, rock and roll. M- yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 it was, you know, when you have this preconceived conception of a guy, and it's Vince Neil, and then turns out <laughs> to be a genius instead. Yeah. Imagine, you know, the, the, the switch that happens in your mind at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> I, can, that's a I great can't comparison. stop quoting him. I quote him all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great comparison, because I, I think a lot of people who don't know a lot about Diamond Lee Roth might put him in the Vince Neil camp of, you know, the uh, out-of-shape singers who can't carry a tune anymore. Clark. Yeah. But no, Dave is fantastic uh, in his own right. but uh, uh, Sammy. Uh, kills it out on this entire album. This is, I think, locally my favorite Sammy performance. Uh, is this album when when he was he was with the band? And we got a killer uh, killer chorus coming up here. Let's keep her going. Do it. I was getting so into the, the song, I forgot to pause yeah, it. Yeah, me too.
4: Me too. I was <laughs> hesitating whether or not to stop it, actually. It was fun. Uh, uh, I was just guitar nerding a little bit here. I picked up the guitar quickly and found that this is, a, it seems to be E standard, which I realized mm-hmm. uh, Unchained wasn't when I thought myself that song. It's a drop D song. Yep. Uh, and, and which is quite rare for, you know, in 1981 is fair warning, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so in 1991 it would be more normal to be, you know, starting to use those kind of tunings, but this uh, was like normal E, but I heard some really cool uh, chord voicings from Eddie in the chorus, really just kind of strange jazzy flavor to it, which is nicely, you know, tucked into this.
0: for Memorial Day get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor that's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast uh,
4: overall just rock and roll vibe of the song you know? so that, that's the kind of that's the small the details you know that make uh, this band very good for me you know like it's to make them stand out that you know they don't have to have a I mean, I like bands like Mr. Bungle too, but they don't have to do that, you know. They don't have to switch to a, a completely different thing and then, you know, sh- just to show that they can. Instead, he tucks it in there, hides it in into this rocker, really weird chords uh, in the middle of the chorus. There, something I notice immediately. So
2: yeah, that's something just, Eddie's crap, you know? pretty, yeah. He, he's pretty fantastic about doing a lot and making it seem. Like not like he's not doing much of anything, but he is. There's there's a there's a master at work in there. Um, I was just so wrapped up in the the groove of the rhythm section that I was just it took me a minute to realize it's like, oh, Eddie's Eddie's back there very prominent, but he's just he's kind of doing his own thing, but it's still flowing, it's still vibing with how the song is structured. Because, well, I mean, he structures the song, essentially. Like that's how Van Halen seems to work um but uh yeah he's just there's a lot he's doing kind of back there ornamentation if you will uh with uh with the riffage and uh and just the strong rhythm section just keeping the drive going michael's doing it just sounds like he's just taking the bass for a walk and uh doing what he's doing but and then you know not to be outdone the vocals yeah and then and then there's sammy you know sammy's just like really holding it together well i would say Sammy and Alex both are really holding it together. But I mean, like, Sam, or, uh, Alex won't be outdone. He's like, I'm still going to give you my special groove, my special uh, yeah. uh, flavor. But it's a, oh, when
4: you have that lineup, you know, Pantera, Black Sabbath, uh, it's a classic rock lineup, sort of. You know, when you have a, a lead singer that doesn't play anything and you have one guitarist, mm-hmm. when you have yep. that lineup, you you, you got to be full on on all four fronts. Otherwise you, you're going to be able to tell and you should probably be a power tree instead and get rid of that guy. You know, uh, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I'm a, a big fan. So I I believe they do that too quite well, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, moving all the four corners forward. Uh, not, I mean, not necessarily at an equal speed, but at an equal quality, you know, and that's oh, you yeah. know, when you were talking just now, I realized, yeah, I was into that and that, and then that, and then that, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, It's a lot to take in on the first listen, but uh, it's also pretty damn good so far. It's not because I have something super important to say. I just need a little bit of time before. I think it's a guitar solo kicking in now. Yeah. This is coming up. So, <laughs> the
2: the second half of it. <laughs> yeah. All right.
4: All right. Now no, I just need, needed a, a few seconds here, but uh, I guess I could echo that. Uh, I'm, surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised about uh, Hagar here. I'm, re- I'm really surprised. I always liked him. You know, I always thought he was a great singer. And, you know, as far as Dave goes, he's not a great singer, but he's an amazing frontman. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave Mustaine in Megadeth could learn a lot from him because he's, you know, pretty shit at fronting a band live, to be honest. Uh, while he's good on records, I think, you know, he's got his weird rat voice, which you might or might not like. But uh, you know, for me, having worked, with, <laughs> having worked with bands and stuff, for me, the frontman part is more important actually than being a, an incredible singer, because it's still rock and roll, you know. And I was always very happy with what Dave did in terms of, you know, range or rhythmic aspects and all that. But uh, Sammy is a better singer. I agree with you there, Mark.
2: You heard it. Yeah, good yeah.
4: He's I mean, just a bit better, but it uh, doesn't really matter when it's rock and roll, though. You know, that's not what you should measure on, but still, you know.
1: <laughs> All right, let's finish off the solo here. Then we can get your thoughts on uh, what Mr. Van Halen's uh, accomplishing here. mark
2: your thoughts (laughs) a couple of times there are there are moments when i think i think eddie might venture off into uh cult of personality solo moments where all the notes all at once not feeding into the song however he does not do that instead he gives you all the precise notes that are needed for this song for the the solo the solo is serving the song this is a perfect representation of it because I mean, at at no point does the song lose momentum. Uh, you're not distracted by, uh, I mean, obviously the solo is the forefront. So you're listening to that specifically. That's where your brain is, but it's not, it's not so intrusive that it's taking away from everything else happening because you still have Alex, you still have Michael holding down. You even still have Sammy Throwing in a few kind of I uh, <laughs> I don't want to say uh, oh, Roth level sort of you know howls and little like sort of that. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not doing that. He but he's just he's he's being Sammy and he's just making sure you remember he's still there. Yeah, um, because you know, percussive vocals, you know, yeah, has his, yeah yeah yeah.
4: Headfield yeah. Tom G Warrior and Celtic Frost has his ooh, and uh, I mean apparently then Hagar has his uh, what was it? Oh hey whoa something like know. You know. Part of the he's show. got his
2: he's got his perfect uh uh sort of like um high register sort of howls in a good way. You know, I mean Dave has his howling too, but his are more specific. Uh this, however, uh does not none of that uh distracts from the fact that uh you know Eddie is giving you just this rip-roaring solo that fits the song, and that's what he does best, man. Even I mean, e- even if it's not the most in in Tristic, or I'm sure that's whatever the word is. Like, I'm if it's not the most amazing solo in the world, he's still doing it. What when, when he does it best, he's doing it to serve the song. I feel yep. like this solo absolutely serves the song in every possible way. Corey, what do you think? Oh, I absolutely agree. I love this solo.
1: I wanted to ask both of you though, because you're you're both the guitar players. Uh, this was uh, first album uh, Eddie recorded without his uh, trademark Marshall, which uh, got him through. Uh, recording uh you know early stuff all the way through the van halen one all these later albums um but the, the marshall was starting to fade at this time so uh, uh they also uh, his pv was kind of in the prototype stage here but he recorded a lot with a, a soldano uh, amp on this uh, as a guitar player and you know eddie was like married to that marshall he loved that thing uh, now you're going into recording a new album with, with a new amp um what are your thoughts on, on the guitar tone and um you know maybe having to give up a beloved piece of equipment that is so instrumental to uh to your style and your sound uh,
4: i'll let you go first there mark but i'll uh, oh. just oh, comment okay. the, on the actual solo uh before that you know uh, just my two cents on it is that it started off sort of like a gasoline and an oily you know hard rock solo uh, we were talking i was talking about dimebag just now or pantera you know and i felt a little bit of that kind of more attitude more so than you know being being a mozart which he can also do as as your listeners know but um then, at the latter half of the solo, they switch chords like motherfuckers. This, uh, you can swear on this pod, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> they switch chords like motherfuckers at that point. I think, like, at least two times per bar, they switch chords. And he probably must have been his idea. Mark, you said that he's the key arranger guy of this band. Usually. Eddie. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's just like, okay, I'm going to throw in that to contrast the gasoline part which worked great. You know, this is a cool way to do a... It's sort of like one man doing two jobs in one guitar solo, I would say.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the amp goes, there may be a subtle... And and I'm sure uh, producers or extreme guitar enthusiasts might be able to tell you the subtle differences, but there, there's probably like a subtle difference in tone uh, based on what we're used to hearing from from eddie uh, as far as his guitar playing but uh, but honestly sometimes that just sometimes you just chalk that up to how the uh, production quality is so sometimes if you have a producer that's going to mix it a certain way uh to me even if it even with a uh, new set of amps that uh he's he's recording on for this album he still is able to maintain his signature your tone like when i listen to this when i listen to any song from this album it's like yeah that sounds like eddie because it's the in man the just, fingers he, it's it's in the finger. he's got tone in his fingers tone of the gods if you will uh and he wants you find your sound and this is very hard i'm sure uh, uh i i'm sure you can uh, attest to this it's very hard to find your own signature sound from the guitar and be able to stick with it um, a lot of a lot of bands go pr- most of their careers without it because it's just like, well, it's either going to sound like me or it's just going to sound like it's supposed to say. I don't know. Yeah, um, but Eddie's
4: Sorry, yeah, let you finish first.
2: Before. Oh, I was, just, I, I was just, I was just, I was just going to say, like Eddie found his sound real early, and it's hard, and just because of the way he plays, and it's the way that you know he's uh, his particular way he likes to do things. He made that sound work. So even if it's a new amp, it's still Eddie. It still sounds like Eddie to me anyway.
4: Right, yeah. Uh, for me, the thing is, I, I got interested in sound. as I think many uh, producers or uh, front-of-house engineers and monitor engineers, they get introduced by actually you know, um, dialing in uh, your amplifier. My, my Marshall, mm-hmm. or, uh, actually, I played a 5150 back those days. And uh, I also, I didn't mention that, that for me, uh, Eddie's rhythm sound was always something I went for, even not being a Van Halen fan, because I, I just liked it, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. a few out there, you know, you have the treble, heavy, kind of almost screechy Tony Iomi rhythm sound, and then you have the scoped Hetfield sound without no, no mids in there, and none of them yeah. really worked for me, they didn't work for my fingers when I played, I liked those guitarists, but they didn't work for me, you know. So uh, quite early on, actually, Eddie's uh, sound was the sound I wanted. And I find it's pretty 12 o'clock, actually. It's quite even. It's not that, you know, extreme. Uh, he adds uh, some sonic flavors with the uh, Phase 90 uh, pedal, mm-hmm. for example. But overall, you know, I think he could plug into anything, to be honest, and make it sound like Eddie. Uh, because it's not a complicated sound, not really. The Everything he's doing is weird tricks, you know, uh, like uh, intro to... Uh, Mean Street, what the hell is going on? You know, it's just like it like <laughs> play, playing drums on the guitar somehow, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can stop that guy. No. Not really. It doesn't matter what you plug into. And for me as a guitarist, I, I'm i more interested in the holistic thing, how the band sounds. So, uh, mm. for me, it's okay to, you know, suddenly get a new amp. Uh, usually I can work around it. You know. Just you might have to give a sound check. Uh, another 10 15 minutes to to find where you want to dial the mids and stuff but uh yeah all in all i think uh, it, probably it wasn't a challenge for him to switch gears at this point but maybe a little bit uh, in terms of sentimental values and stuff you know that he, he was in love with his old amp and so on but then it could also be like a fresh new start or something you know so i think you should switch things up now and then
2: it's a testament to his ability to as a guitar player, uh, that as you say, like it didn't matter what he plugged into because he's gonna make it sound like him. Is like because the amp does not a guitar player make. Uh, it is it is if you are relying on the way your amp sounds to uh, distinguish you, how you sound as a guitarist, not even just how how it sounds coming out of the amps, like if you rely on that, then you're not really it's, I don't know. It just sort of, in my opinion, kind of discredits a little bit, but Eddie on the other hand is like, no, I know how to play and I know how to make this sound, uh, the way I want it to sound, or at least because I'm playing it. Um, and there's like, there's plenty of, I'm sure Jimi Hendrix probably, it it didn't matter what amp he used. It's like, no, it's going to sound like Jimmy. It's going to sound like, uh, uh, you know, I just, I mean, there are various guitar players where, you know, who they are based on how they sound. And would you know that uh they're not using the same amp twice probably not maybe depending but i mean it's just it's all about uh your playability and it's just the way it's uh you just find your tone wherever you can and yeah, it sounds to and me o- like eddie just knew how to find it
4: on your previous note too a lot of, uh, you're right uh, I, I can attest to that most bands don't found don't find any identity in in their sound uh, it's not like they go about with a a guitar tone that has no identity but they steal an identity from you know another
2: yeah another. there you go
4: and i think i i kind of tried to you know pull a fast one on everyone by by taking it from eddie while i wasn't listening to his music i was listening to his to his uh you know eq and all that kind of technical stuff back then uh, but you know i mean even as a rhythm player it's unmatchable i would say you know you you can't get that sound even by buying all the stuff you had, the actual stuff you had you can't get that sound anyway you know i think no one will be able to well said
1: let's keep her going
2: That was a pretty cool move, actually. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah, cool move. Uh, Because I was feeling for the first time uh, in this listening session that the song was uh, getting a little bit pumped out after the solo. I I didn't particularly like that uh, bridge bit they did. Uh, Felt very stock to me, just random. But then when the full tempo kicked, it was already pretty cool. And and now with that trick in mind, I already forgot about that transition that was (laughs) from the solo back to the song. Uh, Not very strong but that was this is my only complaint so far uh, vocals still kicking ass basically
3: mhm
1: All right.
4: No one, no one can play a ride, but like uh, Alex did there. Oh, okay. I know. I was,
2: yeah, I, I, I was gonna make that a, no. yeah, I was gonna make a note about that. It was just like, man, he is riding that ride, and, but in like such a good way. And there we have uh them fading off into the sunset as Van Halen is one to do. You would think they would incorporate a lot more sort of arena rock stops uh at the end of their songs, but not so much. They like the fade out, so I respect it.
1: Would you be surprised uh, on that tour? They only
2: played the song 13 times. I uh, would be surprised. I think that's kind of a shame because this, I feel like this is a banger. What this about actually-
1: subsequent tours? Have they played it uh, on, on later album tours? Nope. Uh, only on the 91 tour 13 times. If you actually right. want a live version of it on the uh, live album, live right here, right now, uh, they have a version of in and out on there. And from my remember, it, it, it pretty much cooks as well, but uh, that, I was kind of shocked by that because uh I think Man on the Mission is or Man on a Mission is the only other song that they hadn't really played uh, off that album. But I tell you if Sam and the Circle are, are, are looking for maybe some gems from Four Unlawful to break out on their current tour, uh, I wouldn't mind hearing a little in and out.
4: Ooh. Thirteen yeah. times is a curious number of gigs playing a song. Yeah, it feels was- like it was it was canceled for some reason, you know. They didn't feel it or something. Thirteen yep. times. It's really strange. Thirty it's the thirty-one reversed, right?
1: Oh, there you go. Well, we,
2: we, I mean that, yeah, that's, I see what you did there. It's fun. But we, you know, we've talked about, uh, how many times certain songs, uh, get played on, on their tours that we can, uh, look up and sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's kind of a a precocious number. And uh, we we've talked about that maybe because even at this point, even in 91, Van Halen had so many bangers and so many hits that maybe you just kind of have to, let some songs go to the wayside unless you're just going to play a four hour set, which as much as they probably would claim that, Oh yeah, we should totally do that. They're not going to do that. Nobody's going to do that because that's a very, very long time and they have a lot of songs. So eventually you just, you have to start making cuts. Uh, And perhaps after a while, it's like, okay, well, we played that song 13 times. All right, let's throw another one into the rotation, you know, keep it fresh. Maybe they just got sick of playing. I don't know. It's sometimes bands you, are tricky about that. I've got to
4: even interrupt you and ask you because I need to know, uh, how are they about set lists? Are they rigid? You know, we have a tour set list and you switch one song or two, or are they more of the fluid kind of band that, you know, could throw in, you know, it could exchange four or five or six songs uh, during the tour.
1: Well, I know during the, during the Sammy era, um, when it came to kind of whatever Sammy song they did, they were pretty fluid or uh, if they were throwing in a cover, they have it, they'd have like a cover slot. And some nights they do, you know won't get fooled again by the who or you know mm. they, they they would change that one out but i think pretty rigid when it came to the kind of the standard van halen stuff okay
4: yeah mm. because you see that sometimes in maiden that they put up uh, a song from the new record and they played for not 13 shows but like two shows and then it's like now not feeling it can't do that song and then they replace it by probably Rothschild always Rothschild but um you know <laughs> Uh, I, don't right, yeah. I don't know the modus operandi i don't know the modus operandi of of, of, uh, of the van halen boys here but uh you know i guess most bands in in you know the, the semi classic uh, rock era which i would say you know 70s 80s or something i think most mm. of them were pretty rigid with the sets they didn't do like uh, jams or you know they didn't go grateful dead on it or anything like that
2: oh thank god but uh no offense to Grateful Dead fans. But um I I if I'm not mistaken, uh Corey, I think you can fact check me a little bit. I um during Sammy's time, I don't think he was very keen on doing Roth tunes. Am I right? Yeah, he he wasn't a big fan of doing them. Like they, they would do jump uh
1: pr- pretty much sure. every show. I think that, that, that was the one. Uh Ain't Talking About Love was another one they 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 did quite a bit. But yeah, he was they they did certainly did more Sammy songs. He'd only do like two or three Dave tunes
2: on yeah. tour. If you like "ain't talking about love," uh, and you haven't heard Sammy do it live, you should because it's awesome. It makes the song so much better than it already was. Yeah, I said it. Will do. Will do. Interesting challenge. <laughs> I'm All just. Right, I'm, I'm. I'm speaking to everyone out there. It's fine. But yes, do it. But Mark, we
1: got a piece of business to take care of here. We got a vote on in and out from far unlawful we do
2: we do okay well then uh we're going to uh put him on the spot because you're our guest uh one of ten would you uh consider in and out from four unlawful carnal knowledge uh what dreams are made of or for you was this track did was the dream over
4: and here's a, a clenched fist which way is it gonna turn Yeah, like it's not my new favorite Van Halen song or anything. I felt it lost a little steam after the guitar solo. But overall, I'm very impressed by how good they sounded in 91 with this lineup. Uh, Surprised even, I would say. So definitely this could be the material for some dreams in the future.
2: There you go. Some nice dreams, some sweet dreams, uh, all the pleasant dreams you can think of uh, for our guest. Uh, So then I throw it to Corey. Corey is in and out uh, in for the dreams or out because the dream is over for you.
1: I I always really dug this track. This is one of my standouts from For Unlawful. It's not my favorite cut on the album, but the the band sounds great. Uh, The production is top notch. I actually really like that transition mid verse. Uh, You know, when 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 Mike and and Alex really kind of get into it and really jump that up a little bit mid verse, I I think is fantastic. Lyrically, this song worked for me. Sammy sounds amazing. Guitar solo was top notch. Absolutely what dreams are made of. I'm so glad we spun this one on the 31st anniversary of Front Lawful because and this is a great example of this album. Like there's maybe three songs on here that are completely terrible, but there's eight absolute bangers. And and this is one of those eight. I'm very glad we got this one here tonight, which leaves. The contrarian, Mark Kameyer, uh, what do you think, Mark? Uh, in and out, for Unlawful, is this what dreams are made of, or is this dream over?
2: Well, I'm nothing if not contrary. Oh, but just not this time, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, uh, I've mentioned before, I, I, this is one of my favorite Van Halen albums. Uh, it was very prominent when I was a wee lad. So naturally it's ingrained into me. Uh, and this is one of the bangers, as Corey said, if, if there are three duds, there's at least eight awesome ones. This is one of them down and dirty in and out. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Other, uh, just to reiterate what, uh, what my, my co-hosts have talked about. This is just, this is just a good track. I talk a lot about uh, what you want in a good just banging van halen track and i feel like this one checks all the boxes and especially the box that i in particular really love which is uh letting sammy just do his thing just do his vocal thing people need to realize that and i'm sure you do i'm sure lots of people it's been enough time people know that sammy hagar is a fantastic vocalist but it bears repeating especially when the van halen talk comes into play because I, everyone likes to throw in the uh, Dave versus Sammy conversation. It's like, let's not do that. Let's just uh, appreciate what it is. However, I should uh, reiterate that you guys really need to give it up to Sammy when he is laying it all out there. And this is one of those tracks where he really is doing some of the most, but that is not to take away from the rest of the band. Like I said, the rhythm section of Michael and Alex is solid. What a solid groove that they have pretty much consistently throughout the song. And then, Eddie, need I say more? That solo, even if you weren't digging the rest of the song for whatever reason, that solo is fantastic. That solo just really brings it in together. Sometimes a solo can save the song that we're not so much digging. This is not the case. This solo just brings the song up, it elevates it to a new height, I think. Um, Yes, in and out from the Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge album is is truly a banger. I'm so glad we spun this.
4: What is it about? Is it about sex? In-Out? Or at the end of the song, I thought he, he said something about you got to even the score or something like that. So then I thought is it, this is about like a personal hustle or something, you know, <laughs> I don't know. First, I thought it, it seems like
2: it's off. a. That, it, uh, it seems like it's a it's a money thing. Like it's uh, you know, yeah, sometimes you're broke, sometimes you're
4: before. in, sometimes you're out. You know, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I figured at the end, but before that, I just got, went by the preconceived notion that uh, Hagar is a bit of a perv, isn't he?
2: He's been, <laughs> he's in, in comparison receptive. to. <laughs> uh, well, okay, that's that's a good point. <laughs> so, but hey, it's it's all subjective. It, someone's interpretation of this could be like oh it's about it's totally about sex it's about paying for sex and being too broke to pay for it i don't know i think sure. it's about money we'll go with that yeah, it's that definitely about money but you know i'm sure there's people out there going like all the songs by van halen are about sex just like my uh whole thing about uh every nine inch Nails song is about sex and i'll i'll die on that hill alone probably but it's fine well, that I might like be nine true, actually
4: mark that might be true it is you
2: know, true. They it's all fine, have that sound.
4: You know? They all have that sound. Like 90s sex, like uh, dark sex or something like that. You know. Sometimes it's off-putting. Is there but any other that. kind of sex? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I'm going to stop talking here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, but this isn't Nine Inch Nails Talk. Perhaps that's another podcast for another day oh, and no. another audience. But this is uh, Van Halen Talk, and we have just covered In and Out From the Fuck album uh, on this pristine day of recording the 31st anniversary, our 31st episode, Corey, man, we've got, it seemed, we talked a little bit off air about that. It doesn't seem like we've been at it this long, but uh, it, and there's still so much more to go. There's still so many tracks left to cover and we have just barely scratched the surface of it, but it feels like we've been doing it uh, for a, a little bit of time. How do you feel about that? 90 tracks left
1: on the wheel we're about a third of the way through so uh st- still feeling pretty good and th- this wheel still works magic we didn't and i'm i know i've been slacking on, on posting the wheel spins i'm posting this one so that people believe us we actually spun the <laughs> four unlawful yeah. song on the 31st anniversary of four unlawful um but yeah uh, feeling great i thought we had a good one tonight uh, i thought uh, john did a fantastic job and uh by all means let us know uh, those podcasts that you're on again there my friend
4: yeah, we got made in A to Z, that's a, uh, what, what do you say in English, dash Z, you know?
2: <laughs> a, to, a to Z, A
4: to Z, A to Z. I don't know, Yeah, A funny. to Z or A to Z if you're American, <laughs> and uh, my co-host is actually American, yeah. And, and then, uh, so far, so pod, so what, with uh, Greg Di Pasquale, who was on uh, on that terrible song you did together
2: a while back. Poor Greg, we'll have oh, you well,
4: back, we, How we many say I? That was the title, not, you know, you have the title, I? I yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to thank you guys too. Uh, at this, this is a particular um, thing because you introduced me to this album in a way it c- I, you couldn't get a more royal introduction to, to to a rock album than this, you know. So it, it's, it's quite inspiring actually to hear this track, uh, you know, outside of of the rock and roll podcasting and uh, Van Halen world. Uh, so thank you guys. Um, you know, I'm probably gonna get some good ideas coming. Uh, you know, <laughs> the forthcoming days. Awesome. From this experience, yeah, you
2: know. that's great, man. Well, We're happy to have you, uh, and I'm I'm glad that we could provide at least a small service of of more Van Halen introduction to you uh, through this episode. That's that's what it's all about. Um, if you want to plug your uh, social media references so the people can find you, uh, where can the people find you?
4: Uh, made an A Z in one word uh, on Twitter. That's the handle on Instagram. Same thing. Uh, on facebook is just a closed group so i guess you you know you've got to be a bit of a, a listener or a nerd to want to join that discussion it's called maiden a to z friends of the beast uh, and then uh, we got maiden okay. Pod in one word at gmail.com uh, for so far so pod so what it's those words in one word at gmail.com and uh, i think so far so pod on twitter you know it's pretty new it's pretty fresh but i think it is yeah but also i mean it's on the same network anyway the the incredibly nice and uh, ever rad deep dive podcast network.
2: Yes, absolutely. I'm joining that Facebook group. You just wait, uh, Corey, where can the people find you and where can they find the show? If they don't know already,
1: they can find me at CD morset uh, on Twitter. They can find this show at podcast will rock on Twitter and a uh, podcastwillrock.com where we got some merch. We got all of our old episodes up on there. Uh, you can find uh, me on two other shows, uh, one of them on the Deep Dive Podcasting Network here. Uh, Backtracks Aerosmith revisited, where we're breaking down the whole Aerosmith catalog and coming up with the ultimate Aerosmith mixtape. So that's a lot of fun. Me and John Mariano are doing that, and we launched a new show, uh, Backtracks Theme Music, all your favorite movie, uh, favorite movie music. Oh, uh, good topic. Yes, uh, we're having a lot of fun with that one. We're only two shows in, uh, but uh, we've, we've already spun or not spun. We're not spinning any wheels or rolling any dice on that one. We're just bringing forth our favorite movie music. Uh, And it's been an absolute blast. You can find us there uh, on Twitter as well at uh, BT Theme Music. Uh, Mark, where can the fine folks find you?
2: You can find me at Mark the bat on Twitter and Instagram, ranting about so many different things. Um, you see what I did there, Corey? I said rant. Okay. Yep.
1: So um, there used to be a show called rantings it. of a maniac. If I remember,
2: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's still up there. If you want to catch me ranting about weird, uh, nerdy subjects, go to rantings of a maniac podcast at the feeding the monster podcast feed gone, but not forgotten. Well, it's not really gone. Uh, our buddy Jeff Saunders is keeping it alive. So you're, you're doing the Lord's work over there, Jeff. Thank you. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, i'm thinking here's an exclusive i've had conversations with uh with our buddy mariano and i'm thinking rantings of a maniac might have to come back so uh in some capacity some capacity it might have to come back don't know if john will have the time to help me with that because he's busy doing two backtrack shows and a lot of them so uh we'll just uh we'll, we'll see we'll see how things go but uh, catch me there at mark the bat uh at Podcast Will Rock there on Twitter, go to our website, buy our merch, uh, You know, help us out, help keep the lights on, keep the, uh, the airwaves moving so that we can keep delivering good, wholesome podcast episodes. And hopefully, much like we did with our guest today, uh, give you an introduction, like a further introduction into the catalog of Van Halen because that's what it's all about. We are humble fans. We are just not, we're not rock historians. We're just fans who love the music and we want to help spread the good word of Van Halen in some capacity. And I feel like we do pretty good at that. That's the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, share with your friends. I'm sure you got friends who are Van Halen enthusiasts. They need to hear the show, spread it so that Michael Anthony will definitely hear us and you know, Maybe he'll want to join. Maybe he'll have uh, some conversations to be had. That would be awesome. It's all up to you guys, and it's all up to us to keep bringing you, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later.